Shabbat Shalom. This week's parsha is entitled Bo, which means go. It covers Exodus chapter 10, verse 1, to chapter 13, verse 6. We heard about the first seven plagues last week, and chapter 10 begins with the eighth plague, the plague of locusts. One of the purposes of each plague is that it represents a confrontation between the living God and the false gods of Egypt, which really have no power. This eighth plague is no different. The locusts will come and finish off the crops that remain in Egypt. The ninth plague is the plague of darkness. This darkness was so thick and heavy it could be felt. Verse 21. I imagine that even if the Egyptians lit a candle, the light could not be seen. Again, the plagues show God's power over the powerless Egyptian gods. But the plagues also have future implications. They are a testimony about the power of the true God to future generations of the children of Israel. Exodus chapter 10, verse 2. And they are also warning to other nations that God brought these plagues on Egypt. 1 Samuel chapter 4, verse 8. Chapter 11 discusses the last plague, the death of the firstborn, both of humans and of animals. This plague stands apart from the other nine in terms of how devastating it will be. It's one thing to experience locusts or darkness, for example, but it's another to experience the death of a family member. Everyone in Egypt is affected by this plague. And Exodus 12, 30 tells us there was no home where there was not someone who died. Why did God utilize the death of the firstborn as the final plague? The answer to that can be found in Exodus chapter 4, verses 22 and 23, where Adonai states, Then you shall say to Pharaoh, Thus says the Lord, Israel is my son, my firstborn. So I said to you, Let my son go that he may serve me, but you have refused to let him go. Behold, I will kill your son, your firstborn. Even before Moses goes before Pharaoh for the first time, which is in Exodus chapter 5, God tells Moses what will happen. While other plagues affected only Egyptians, the Egyptians, the plague of the death of the firstborn affects everyone in the land, Israeli and Egyptian. In chapter 12, God provides a way to be passed over by this plague. Each household was to select an unblemished year-old lamb. They were to watch that lamb for four days, from the 10th day of the month until the 14th day of the month. Then each household was to kill the lamb at twilight and smear some of the blood on the two doorposts and the top of the door. The lamb was to be roasted over the fire and eaten with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. After partaking of these foods, the family was to stay inside the house until morning. At midnight, the Lord passed through the land, and at each of the houses where there was no lamb's blood on the door, the firstborn was killed. There was much grief in the land of Egypt. Moses and Aaron are summoned by Pharaoh and commanded to leave the land, fulfilling God's words that the people would be driven out of Egypt. 
Exodus chapter 6, verse 1. It's very important that we understand the symbolism of the Passover holiday. It is one of the most central themes of the Old Testament, mentioned in every book of the Torah, even in Genesis, where in chapter 15, God tells Abraham that Abraham's descendants will be enslaved in a foreign land, but that God will set them free. Passover speaks of redemption by putting the blood of the unblemished or innocent lamb on the doors of their houses, the Israelis were spared the death of the firstborn. They were covered. They were protected by the blood of the sacrificed lamb as the plague came. Through this final plague, the children of Israel were redeemed out of the land of Egypt. Through this physical redemption, they went from being slaves to being free. The Passover mentioned in the Old Testament is a picture, a prophecy of another and greater Passover. Messiah Yeshua, who was referred to as a lamb, John calls him the lamb who takes away the sin of the world. John chapter 1, verse 29. Just as the lamb was watched for four days before it was killed at twilight at the first Passover, so too our Lord was watched closely by the nation of Israel during his three years of ministry. Just as the Passover lamb was unblemished or innocent, so too was our Messiah. He never sinned. However, because of his death and resurrection, those who believe in Yeshua as the Son of God are covered by his precious blood. Even though we are sinners, we are passed over because of his sinless life, which atones for our sins. We who were slaves to sin become free through the blood of Messiah. Just as the Israelis were physically redeemed out of Egypt, we who believe in God through his Son are redeemed spiritually. So that we would be sure to understand the imagery, God died exactly on Passover in fulfillment in the, of this holiday. The Last Supper was a Passover meal beginning in the evening. After that, Yeshua and his disciples went to the Garden of Gethsemane to pray. Yeshua is then arrested. He goes before the Sanhedrin, which then takes him to Pilate. He is sent back to Herod, and he's sent to Herod and back to Pilate. The people demand the freedom of Barabbas. Yeshua carries his cross and is crucified, dies, and is buried within the span of the Jewish day, evening to evening. Please do not miss out on the plan that God has for you. He wants you to be saved, but it has to be on his terms. Remember, for the firstborn, it wasn't just being inside the house on that Passover night. It was being in the house which had the covering of the lamb's blood. Just as God provided a plan of physical redemption out of the slavery of Egypt, so too he has a plan for spiritual redemption out of sin. That plan is believing in the Messiah that he sent. And that Messiah was to take away the sins of the world. If you've been thinking about this and want to become part of God's plan of redemption, I ask that you not delay one more day so that you can be a part of his Passover, his plan of redemption. Shabbat Shalom.